Let's do this. How do they start it? How do they keep it going? And how do you lead and grow the team? I'm organizational psychologist Eve Duke, and I'm pulling back the curtain behind some of the coolest businesses out there. For founders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and anyone curious about how business is done, this is The Business Of. Let's go! Welcome, 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 guys. We have Zoya Lynch on the show here. And Zoya is both an athlete and an artist. Her camera has led her on expeditions to mountain ranges across several continents, featured in the Globe and Mail, Outside Magazine, National Geographic Adventure, and I would have to say every or almost every e-magazine you can think of, <laughs> too many to list, and work with brands such as North Face, K2, Patagonia, Parks Canada, Destination BC, Atomic, Arcteryx, just to name a few. There's a long list of brands and magazines you've been featured in and worked with. Um, a former member of the Canadian ski jumping team, fun fact, and an active lobbyist to fight to include women's ski jumping in the 2014 Olympic Games. So he continues to work collaboratively with women in the outdoors, and she is dedicated to carving out a space within the industry to share their stories, perspectives, and achievements. To say Zoya is an accomplished photographer and filmmaker is an understatement. It's my pleasure to have her on as our feature photographer to tell us all about the business of professional photography. Welcome. <laughs> wow <laughs> how do you like that yeah <laughs> that was, yeah um that was amazing thank you i'm so happy to be here this is awesome yeah i'm big, so excited too. <laughs> so let's talk about let's just dive right in um i usually start most of our shows with tell us how you came to be where you are today What's the story, the entrepreneurial journey, the business journey, the career journey? Um, yeah, so I moved to Revelstoke um, in 2009. Um, and I was basically, it was kind of like when the ski hill opened uh, just a couple years after. Um, and I was basically right out of high school. Um, I absolutely loved skiing and I had dreams of being a pro skier. Um, but I was also super into taking photos and videos and started to bring my camera out with me everywhere. Um, my parents were kind of like, Hey, what's your plan with this? Like, you're kind of just like on the ski bum path here. Um, you should probably go to university. Uh, I absolutely hated school. I was not a good student. Um, and I feel like I felt like I had just escaped school. So the last thing I wanted to do was like enroll in university. That mm -hmm. sounded like hell to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So anyways, I ended up finding a really cool program um, at Langara College in Vancouver, and it was a documentary film intensive program. Mm -hmm. um, and so I enrolled in that, which was really cool, and it totally changed my life. I learned so much, and it was perfect because it was in a shorter period of time. And then I was able to move back to Revelstoke. Um, I saved some money. I bought myself a professional camera with one lens and a MacBook computer with some editing software. Um, and then shortly after that, I think in 2011, I had my first paid gig. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through my best friend, actually, Leah Evans. Um, and she's a fellow entrepreneur and an amazing human. Um, she runs a women's ski camp company in Revelstoke called Girls Do Ski. Um, it's a massive like thing that she's done over the years. And she actually started when she was 18. Um, anyways, she 
hired me for my first gig and it was, she had, she's like, I only, I want you to make a, a promo video for my camps, but I only have enough budget to pay you $8 an hour. <laughs> Great. Yeah, totally. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in like, are you kidding me? I was so pumped. Like I couldn't even fathom that I was going to be paid to do this. Um, and so I was all in so excited. Um, and then that was kind of the start. And then I, I just kept going with it. And from there, things kind of started to take off. Um, it was really good timing in Revelstoke because the, the town was really starting to take off as well. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money at first, but I started to get some really cool opportunities and, um, I wanted to commit I still needed to make money, but I wanted to commit as much time as I could to photography and filmmaking. So I actually got a job as a tree planter, which was perfect because mm -hmm. I worked three months a year. I made pretty good money. And then I took the rest of the year off to shoot nice. um, and it worked out awesome. And um, so I did that for pretty much five years. And in that time, um, just was really building my career. I started just, I, I was taking any and every job that had to do with like taking photos or videos. I didn't really care what it was. I just said yes to everything. And I was just exploring every avenue. Um, and I did that for about five years. And then in 2015, I finished my planting season and I was like, okay. <laughs> Cutting the cord. Done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is, so scary um but I just had to like take the leap of faith because it was starting to hold me back like I had commitments I remember I had like a commitment to this tree planting contract but then I ended up there like and I'm very like if I make a commitment to something I'll be there so, and mm -hmm. then this other like really cool opportunity came up with photography and so I was at the point where I was like sacrificing cool photo stuff to be working in the bush. And I was like, okay, this is mm -hmm. when I need to stop. Yeah. Um, it pulled the pin and went full time and um, it was scary. But honestly, as soon as I committed, it was like, it just took off tenfold for me. Um, and yeah, now I'm here, I guess, 2023. So coming up on eight years full time. Nice. Um, and I do, yeah, photography, film and filmmaking and, um, mostly working in the commercial and outdoor industry, but I've honestly dabbled in so many industries. Yeah. Yeah. What is, um, like the biggest challenge that as you're, as you're building, let's say those first five years, what were some of the biggest challenges that you came across? Um, I think like. I mean, I've had so many challenges. I think it kind of sounds, it sounds cliche, but being a woman in a male dominated industry is honestly an ongoing challenge that I will probably have to navigate for the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that I've really had to just like come to accept and live with. And it's like something that I navigate, um, but I try not to let it hold me back and I've overcome lots of like confidence stuff and imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another challenge I would say like early on in my career or kind of like after I ditched the tree planting and went 
full time, um, I started to, things started to really pick up and I was gaining a lot of momentum and getting a lot of exciting jobs and calls and contracts for things. Um, but unfortunately, at that point, I didn't have any business like systems in place mm -hmm. to support that kind of growth in my business. Um, I never used a calendar. Like I'm, I was loose and mm -hmm. I would consider myself to be more like the creative side of things than the, mm -hmm. um, and the business stuff I've had to really learn. Um, so I never used a calendar. I was like quite loose with my file storage and my backups. I never used mm -hmm. contracts. I didn't know the purpose of them. I kind of just like was rolling with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and things started to like fall apart. You know, at the like, th there's things started to to fray. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like once and, it got busy enough, it was like the system or lack of systems, and like totally. even a lack of system is a is a system in itself. But that started to started to break down. What were to pause on that? What were the key systems that you would say you then needed to put in place? So it was like scheduling, probably invoicing. Yes. File storage and file organization. What else am I missing there? Um, yeah, file storage, file organization, um, like learning the legalities of things too and mm. using like learning the benefit of contracts. Um, because I was like having, you know, eventually every entrepreneur hits a point where they like if they don't if they don't have a contract and then something happens. Um, you like, what do you have to go back on? And I mean, most people learn that the, <laughs> the hard yep. way. Um, but luckily I feel like it's, we're in a time where there's like so much cool technology to like help with those things. Mm -hmm. Um, like the invoicing software, contracting software, calendars. And, um, so I just really like taking time to learn all that stuff and, um, yeah, just, just get my shit together. Really. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I was kind of had to hit a point where I was like, okay, you have to be serious about this. You can't just be like, you know, running around shooting all these things without proper organization. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, I would say now, like, one of my biggest challenges, ongoing challenges, um, uh, is sort of predicting and forecasting how much work to take on. Mm -hmm. Um and I just, I'm constantly learning like my limits. Um, yeah. I've, burnt, I've burnt myself out so many times overdoing it and saying yes to too many jobs. But often you have to forecast what you're going to be capable of doing in the future. But so it's just really hard to, to know. Um, in fact, like even 2022 was one of my hardest years in business. I just like, I took on too many projects. I was overpromised. I overpromised a lot of stuff um, and everything that needed to get done got done, but it was a hundred percent at the expense of my personal life, my mental health, my relationship. Um, so that is like a, an ongoing challenge. Mm -hmm. It's hard too. Cause like for you, it's not like your main business is like say weddings or like, family shoots where you can schedule them or especially in a studio and it's like it's just happening on that day and if it ha and it's rain or shine kind of thing like primarily being outdoor and adventure photography 
it's, and we were talking about this off camera, but it's a lot of it's weather dependent. So how do you go about like scheduling trips and shoots outdoors when you know that that also might have get canceled or have a delay? So like if you book something one week and then it gets pushed to the next week, but then you already have another job that week, I'm thinking, how do you navigate that through, especially through the winter? It's like the biggest challenge. I still haven't figured it out. And I actually talk to a lot of photographer friends about this all the time. Because, yeah, stuff. I mean, even last week, I went to uh, Whistler for a shoot with um, Mountain Equipment Co-op, which was really cool. But, um, and I wanted to give myself some extra time. So I drove, I think the shoot was, was on Wednesday. So I drove out on Monday and then I was like, Tuesday, I'm going to get ready. Wednesday, I'll shoot. But then I got there on Monday night and they bumped it to Thursday, the shoot. So then I was like, great. Now I have like two days that I'm sitting around and I'm not even at home to be able to like do other. I don't know. It's just mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I don't, I don't really have a good answer for that question. I think um, I've had to just like stay flexible and mm -hmm. accept that everything's going to change all the time yeah um and not try not to get burnt out on that but i think um yeah i don't know <laughs> does it allow you like to charge a bit more like and knowing that it's yeah, yeah totally. like a bigger trip but it's like hey i can't take on as much as i i normally would or we would if weather wasn't such a if it wasn't a factor so I have to actually charge more to buffer for that time yeah for sure yeah definitely it allows you to like build in those weather days um mm -hmm. which I usually try to add in to like quotes and budgets um a lot of photographers um will charge like a kill fee for a project um which is like in case it just falls apart but you've already put um you know you've already put months or weeks or days of work into it mm -hmm. you, you're never going to get that you know you're never going to get compensated for that time unless you have like a kill fee um yeah worked into the track. but it's it's hard to get brands on board with that sometimes mm -hmm. um that was definitely one thing like during covid that that winter when everything fell apart um, I had so much work in like March, 2020 that I had yeah. been like working towards and, and projects that I was like, I had just put so many hours into all these projects, um, without receiving any payment or anything, um, beforehand. Cause it was just like anticipated and then everything fell apart. And then you're just kind of like, it's like, Great. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah yeah like a business like that like any most businesses but i feel like especially a business like photography there are so many unpaid hours that go into it that's pretty yeah. crazy that would be pretty crazy even just like that like having that's something I, I never would have thought of unless i was in it but it's like oh yeah duh have like a contract with a kill fee in it because mm -hmm. it's if that happens you're still out your time. Mm -hmm. Um, what other I guess yeah like key insights like that have you found have helped you and have they helped actually second question have they helped or hindered you when working with brands 
Like if you come with like a contract with fees like that, that are in your best interest, have you lost contracts because of that? Or do you find it isn't so bad? Um, it's hard. I mean, it's a, it's, it's one of those industries like the outdoor action sports industry. It's like, it's pretty fun and pretty ideal. So a lot of people are going to do it for like, someone's always going to do it for cheaper (laughs) than what you're going to quote basically. Um, but yeah, I think, um, what was the question again? Sorry. Oh, it was just like putting in those, like the fear is, um, putting in the parameters, putting in the fees, like to properly be paid for your time, compensated for your time. Does that, put more jobs at risk than less. And then if it does, like, does that even matter? You know, we're like, okay, well, if they're not going to compensate me for if the whole job gets canceled and I'm out like a week's worth of my life and work that I've put in, then do I even want to work with them? Yeah, I think that, yes, I think for where I'm at now, it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of, I'm at a point in my twenties when I was just like, I'll do anything to like make a living and I'll work as many hours and whatever. I wasn't, I didn't even really think about that kind of stuff, but now I'm like every hour I'm like, (laughs) I need to be compensated for this. Um, But the good thing about working with commercial brands is that like over say small businesses, which I mean, I have way too much like empathy to be working with small businesses because I just want to, (laughs) But with commercial brands, I'm like, they make they make big money and they're gonna take the work that I create to sell more stuff. Mm-hmm. So I if it means they have to like pay for, you know, all my expenses and my gas and my I mean of course they have to pay for that stuff, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if it means I have to work that stuff in the contract, yeah. um, then I will. But it does obviously jeopardize um certain like whether I'm going to get the job sometimes if the if the quote is off the charts too because mm-hmm. there's someone else who's going to be there and do it for a little bit cheaper um is there much so, competition for people who are out there that are doing it that are starting out and doing it for free like is that a thing or is that at that level where you're like no it's not happening <laughs> like some guy in marketing's like cousin who's like he just got a new camera and he's starting out and he's just going to shoot all of our stuff for free. Like, does that happen a lot or at the level of like, no, not really. Hopefully most commercial brands aren't into that, but. Yeah. I think maybe not at the commercial level, but definitely at like smaller, smaller business level for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which you get it. I mean, they, small businesses don't have like unlimited marketing budgets and they mm-hmm. want to, they want to, save and cut costs um but i think it's always like if you want to invest if you want to really invest in your business like just get the best thing possible or hire the best person for it you know like Mm -hmm. always trying to save money but yeah and you can use the content like forever if you want a really long time it's not like it goes bad (laughs) yeah exactly yeah tell us more about working with brands um, what kind of stuff do you have to do or do you have you honed or skills that you've honed to build those relationships, make them happy, keep them happy. They have particular thing, expectations that now that you're 
you're deep into it and seasoned that you're used to that maybe you wouldn't have known starting out? Um, yeah, so like, like five questions with, in there. <laughs> commercial brands has been a really exciting part of my business. It's been something I've been working towards for a long time um, to be kind of exclusively on that path. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the main thing is that like the main thing that's going to take you far is to be a person who is easy to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean like you have to like be agreeable and like, you know, like you can stand up for yourself and like be, be a boss and get shit done on set. But I think it means like you want to be the person who is like when a marketing when a marketing team has a budget for a job for a contract, like they also have a job that they just need to fulfill and they need to get it done on time on budget. So when they're like deciding who to call for it, you want to be the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that means like being the one who is there on time, gets it done on time on budget and without any drama. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important. Like you need to be able to just like roll with it um be really helpful be open to changes and ideas and um yeah just be like reliable and dependable that's what i have learned with brands like yeah a lot of the time it's just a marketing person and they're just like i need to get my job done yeah. you know and so you want to make it easy for them mm -hmm. um so yeah i would say always also try to like gain as much info about the project as possible. So like trying to set up calls and meetings um, and like getting really familiarizing yourself with like creative briefs or decks. Like there's usually, there's usually like a 10 page PDF, <laughs> you know, to, for like um, creative brief for a shoot. Um, so just being really like tuned into that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that, yeah, you can be like easy and happy on set and give your clients 110%. Um, yeah. And then I think with like charging, with like figuring out how much to charge, I think it's really important to learn like the industry standard rate of the commercial work so that yeah. you're not undercutting other professionals and, mm -hmm. and like undervaluing the work of the industry because we all still want to keep doing this and making a living. So I think um, if you're a photographer and you're starting to get um, commercial work that um, basically if your work if you're providing work for somebody who's going to take that photo and use it to sell something else whether it's goggles or skis or whatever like that's commercial work so that needs to be they need to pay proper rates for that mm -hmm. um, and so I think like I'm always super open like if people want to chat about stuff like that because um, yeah I want to I want to make sure and I I talk to mentors of mine all the time mm. yeah yeah and you're you're definitely like you're protecting your own industry exactly so it's like if you're the guy that's out there that's like hey i'm gonna charge 25 35 percent less than all of my competitors then it's like well now you're just driving down the price for everybody and also by the way you're never gonna make 25 to 35 percent more if that's what you keep doing like yeah. so yeah exactly. good luck surviving yeah. <laughs> Um, flip, I'm going to flip the question around about working with brands and what about with commercial brands or small businesses 
or anybody working with a photographer, what are the things that they can provide you or that you would expect it now at this stage? So it's like at the professional stage that you would expect to get from them. So you mentioned kind of like a PDF, it was a breakdown of that's going to be like, okay, these are the kind of shots that we want, minimum shot numbers, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah, I think like if you, especially if you run like a small business and you want to hire a professional photographer, like it's, yes, it's expensive, but it can be really worth your time if you are organized and have a strong vision for it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, like I think definitely I encourage people to like make Pinterest galleries or make a, make a PDF um, creative brief to really show like a mood board. You can show exactly what you want, what you're looking for. Um, having like, if you have brand guidelines, like for your own brand, that's always really important to know. Um, like, do you want smiling people in your photos or do you want like, you know, yeah, serious, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's really important to like get to familiar, familiarize yourself with that so that you know exactly what you want. Um, and then, yeah. Um, yeah the rates and the, and the amount of images and the usage and stuff is always kind of negotiated just depending on the size of the campaign and the size of the brand and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a strong vision is really helpful for sure. Yeah. Okay, sweet. And then let's dive into some of the numbers. Um, if you're starting out, what would you say are like the minimum tools and investment needed to get started? Um, ballpark, not like, so I started like in 2010, 2011, um, with a $2,000 camera, mm -hmm. um, which was a lot at the time. <laughs> yeah. So adjusted and, for inflation, you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And a MacBook <laughs> Pro. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say these days with inflation, like the minimum, you would want like five grand minimum to invest in like a full frame camera with a good lens mm -hmm. um, and a fast memory card. And then you are going to want to have some kind of computer and, um, and hard drives and stuff to back up. Um, Cause you need to be able to like process your photos or videos, um, editing, like whatever you need to do to deliver them. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit tuned out to like, what exactly it would take right now, but um, you could do a lot with like one camera body and one lens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would think maybe five, like under, you could do a lot for under 10 grand for sure. Yeah. You could be making money for under 10 grand um, mm -hmm. pretty fast, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you have software and apps, at least for the organization of it a lot of stuff you can use for free. Like there's definitely like free invoicing software, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say then, where do you get your contracts? Did you write those or did you have somebody review them or did you get like stock contracts online? Yeah, I used um, this uh, software called agree.com. Um, so I use like a, an online contracting software. I started with agree.com and then I shifted to Dubsado, which is like a CRM, like a client, um, 
resource manager. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's specifically for photographers. Awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, my expenses are high. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could, you could theoretically start everything for under 10 grand, but my, my annual expenses are high. Yeah. Um, my, my credit card is active. Um, I have lots of <laughs> getting points, a lot of points, yeah, let's say. <laughs> yeah. and then, like, lots of online fees and they go up every year too. Right. Um, so, um, that's yeah. always good to account for when you're quoting jobs. Um, but yeah, like Dropbox, SmugMug, Canva, website hosting. Um, I pay for Adobe software, which is super expensive. Um, yeah. insurance just went up a bunch. Like, like I have, for most jobs these days, I have to have $5 million of liability insurance. Um, yeah. And then I have insurance on all my camera gear. Um, and then, yeah, I also spend a solid amount of money every year, like reinvesting back with new gear, um, as long as my budget allows. Yeah. Yeah. What would... If you're comfortable answering, you can give a very big ballpark. Do you think you would estimate it costs to run your business every year? On like, let's say on the high yeah. side. I think like looking at my books, I would say 40% of my sales go to my expenses. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's before tax. So as a ballpark, say you made a hundred grand. 40 grand would be expenses, 60 grand take home, but then you're taxed 10 grand and then your GST is five or something like that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And do brands pay for, do you add travel and stuff like, do you add travel and everything on top of that or is it built into your invoicing? It's always just like I am constantly negotiating depending on the brand. Some brands do mm -hmm. like to do it one way. Some like to do it the other way. Some people like gas receipts. Some people will allow you to invoice for mileage, which is way better, by the way. <laughs> um, Hot tip. <laughs> and then the new mileage rate, I just checked it, is like 68 cents a kilometer or something like that. Yeah. Where do you check um, that? Like, is there like a plate? There's, there's like, like CRA online. Yeah. Google. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just did a shoot and they were like, yeah, and you can invoice for 50 cents a kilometer. And I was like, that seems a bit cheap, you know? And so I like went on and I, and then I went back to them and I was like, Hey, the, the, the like CRA rate is 68 cents. And, and it's not even that much money, but like it adds up and totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So on with the kind of some more fun stuff. Um, what is your, like, do you have a vision for what you want to do with your business or like dream, dream list, stuff like that? Places that you want to go, stuff you want to shoot that you haven't shot before? Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm definitely, so I started out making with the filmmaking stuff because I did the Langara mm -hmm. College program and then I really focused on photography for a long time and I kind of pushed the film stuff aside. Um, in the past, past like four years, I've been really picking that back up, um, mm -hmm. which has been really cool, really challenging, but really cool. Um, and I have some like definitely some, some films that I am you know, like 
thinking about um yeah yeah some ideas some which would be like bigger than stuff that I've done I've done I've done mostly short films um like festival style short films but I'd love to do something bigger and work like as the director mm-hmm. um I I dream of one day having like an amazing studio in Revelstoke um right now I work I work in the field a lot so I just have um an office at home in my attic which is also really nice but it would be cool to have a super cool collaborative space um mm-hmm. down outside the house um I would love to have a gallery or something downtown one day which would be amazing um and then yeah I've tossed around lots of ideas of, like starting a creative agency or a production company um in the short term I think my dream would honestly be to just have all my like business stuff so dialed that I can just focus on the creative parts of the job because that's what I love yeah um, and then everything can like run seamlessly in the background and mm-hmm. uh, yeah and right now I'm just really focused on working and maintaining relationships with bigger brands and clients so that I can take fewer jobs that are more high paying and I'm not just like running around trying to do a million things and piece it all together so mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to help with like how we were talking about earlier, like the scheduling and the weather and things like that. So it's, yeah, if you're yeah. not doing a job every week or every couple of weeks, then it's going totally. to want so much more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Time. yeah. 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 How much time, like once you're done, so let's say you wrapped up the actual shoot, how much time do you usually need afterwards? Cause then there's still like all the follow-up, all the editing, like all the admin that goes along with it how much time do you usually allot yourself after a job to close down the job um I think I don't know I mean I've never really figured out the the true formula for like Mm -hmm. how much time it takes I always say like one day of shooting equals one day of editing Mm -hmm. um it's kind of what I like tell brands and stuff a lot of the time when they're trying to understand like certain quotes you know mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah like mean, with the filmmaking stuff it's like we'll mm-hmm. be filming you could be filming all winter and then editing all summer <laughs> yeah you know it's like months and months and months um it's like one season yeah. of filming equals one season <laughs> of <laughs> editing yeah, yeah I, I'd say the one-to-one rule is like is pretty accurate for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you think and, you'll do more sorry to cut you off there do you think you'll do more film moving like you are obviously already doing it a lot do you think that'll overtake photography in the future or do you plan to always kind of keep the balance between the two I don't know it's funny I thought I'm I've been saying lately I'm like I used to think photography was hard and then I started do filming and now photography seems easy it's like a vacation (laughs) (laughs) I'm like who wouldn't want that (laughs) (laughs) but then so I like the the cruisy feeling of it but then I also love the challenge of the film stuff Mm. Um, I don't know if I'll ever choose I mean I think I'll always take photos I love taking photos. I take photos with my phone like all day, every day. You know, I'm just like, I, it's constant for me, whether mm-hmm. it's like with my real camera or my phone or whatever. I just like to document stuff. So I think I'll yeah. always do that. Um, but yeah, like definitely last year I was really 
I was working on a lot of film projects and I, and I had to put, I had to really put photos aside. Like I didn't take on a lot of photo work um, mm -hmm. and I missed it for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. I'll do both. Yeah. You find like I'm envisioning like you, it's like, does like a camera or taking photo almost become like an extension of who you are? Like, could you be on a ski, let's say like hypothetically you're on a ski trip and there's like, you're just out for leisure. The lighting's perfect. Magical things are happening. The snow is falling. It's like, could Zoya not take a photo in that moment? <laughs> or like, does it have to happen? <laughs> it it's pretty hard I love yeah I mean totally it would be hard I would be bummed I would be like I would have FOMO for sure mm -hmm. um photo FOMO but photo FOMO oh yeah but um I mean that happens sometimes sometimes I'll be out there and I'm like today is not a work day I need to like not be shooting I just need to be out here um and so I will just like look at the sparkles and <laughs> enjoy them but then I'll be like <laughs> I try to get it on my iPhone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what about misconceptions to being a professional photographer? Are there any things that like you thought when you started out that you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way. Or like, I couldn't have done that. Or that's not just, that's not what I expected. Or stuff that you like, I don't know, hear and see. If anybody's like new in the industry that you're like, that's also not. It's not true. It's not how it goes. I think like the biggest misconception that drives me crazy is that photographers are struggling and poor. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people have this misconception that it, like if you're a photographer, you're just scraping by and you're a starving artist. And I get asked all the time, like, but how do you actually make a living? Like you must be broke, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's a stereotype that I like wholeheartedly reject. I hate that. Um, mm. I think photographers can be wildly successful. Yeah. Um, like if you combine, you know, your shooting skills and your determination and client relationships and business skills, you can have a ton of success um, in whatever industry you choose and whatever field or avenue you, you pursue. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to become a photographer but you have this like idea in your mind that like you'll you'll always just be like scraping by I think I think maybe like revisiting that mm -hmm. um, and uh thinking like maybe there's actually a lot more possibilities than you think mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's hard to convince your parents of that when you're like young <laughs> trying to get into it mm -hmm. but uh yeah that's one thing that that is a misconception about photographers I think yeah that's a good one. And I wonder if too, yeah, a lot of people I would imagine think that you do something else. Like, the yeah. photo, or like most photographers do, they're like, yeah, they take photos, but like, what are they really doing? Like, who don't, you know? But yeah. uh, no, that's awesome. And I think like any, any business too, it's like once you're committed fully to it, then it really does. And kind of like how you were talking about, like once you cut off, and like fully committed and I think you need those like you need that buffer year and I did the same thing when I was running my first business too it's like I still bartended on the side and then I remember the day that I was like I'm not bartending anymore I'm 100% and it was girls snowboard camp so I'm like I'm just going it got too busy 
and yeah, like as soon as I was able to do that, it just double, it snowballs, you know, it's like you have more time to put into it. So therefore, and then you also get more serious about it. You understand you're able to dedicate the time and the bandwidth to organizing your business. And then that also in turn lends itself to you charging more and getting more and getting better. To, like it just grows and grows. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, there wasn't a point there, but <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think the more seriously you take it as a career, then it'll return itself to you like anything. Totally. And I think it's like, it's hard for people because some people are like, well, I quit my job and then I became a photographer and I went into debt and now I, you know, like, I think you have to be really smart and really strategic and it's a long game. Like you, you know, when I was working in the, doing bush work it was it sucked and I was doing it for way longer than I wanted to but it was like I had this eventual goal of like I will get there and um it was a really it was a scary transition but um I think the timing was it was I had some strategy behind the timing mm -hmm. um, and I had you know some upcoming work in place and I knew I was gonna at least make I think I had like made a, this a certain amount of money over the past four years so I was like okay well I know I can at least make that so like what you know yeah um, yeah versus like just jumping in right away jumping in too soon yeah um, so yeah. yeah I think you you have to be a little strategic and know that you're gonna be able to pay your bills at least yeah that's what I was gonna ask is it's like is it good or would it be bad advice to give to somebody? And it, by the sounds of it, sounds of it, it would, that it's like not to jump. Like, yeah, it's good to, you want to fully commit to something and you want to fully commit to it. But it's like maybe the first day out of school is not that day. <laughs> like to quit Honestly, your day job. Mm -hmm. the best thing that, the best advice I think is like find a job that is really flexible it might not be a sweet job but like serving is amazing if you're starting a business because you can mm -hmm. do it at night cash and then you have your whole day to like work on whatever it is that you yeah. are dreaming about um forestry works awesome it's seasonal you make a lot of money in a short period of time mm -hmm. like just find a job that where you're you can fit it in if you're working like mm -hmm. a nine to five day job and you have this other dream that maybe that's not the right that's not the right job to be yeah. like trying to do both with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, serving, seasonal work, like anything like that is awesome, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because that's, and I've seen that before in other, even just even like pro athletes that it's like they'll structure their side jobs while they're building their, building their brand or building their business and it'll be those like after the after hours job or the seasonal job it's like okay I'm gonna go do this like tree planting or go work up north and it's a chunk of time you're gonna make the money that you need to make for the year but then that leaves you need you need daytime like you need prime you need prime time prime working time to be able totally. to do that business if that's what you want if that's your true passion as yeah. opposed to leaving leaving the true passion in the margins and then giving all of your really high your high performing hours to some job that you don't ultimately care about yeah exactly I think it's yeah it's 
it's so important to have those prime working hours available mm -hmm. to, to be able to, to, yeah. So yeah, I would, that would be my advice. My advice isn't to quit your job. <laughs> Find a job that allows you to work and then work on whatever it is you're working towards um, mm -hmm. at the same time. So, which means that you're going to be in for a busy few years. Totally. Or like busy time. Um, yeah. And it's going to be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way around it. It's not, it's not going to be easy. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. But you'll be exhausted. Just like prepare, set up the you'll expectation. Be you'll probably totally. be worked out and exhausted at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make a lot of sacrifices. You're going to be like, why do I have two jobs? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think yeah. it's the best way to go. And then when you really start to see like consistent um, growth and like consistent years of business, you're like, okay, I think I can do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's mm -hmm. like a medium conservative approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With probably a good success rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the things that you're talking about also being in place, like contracts and things like that, like, okay, I have business lined up or I know it's coming down the pipeline that I can rely on totally mm -hmm. I mean I, yeah there was a period there where I learned so many I learned every lesson you could the hard way like and I was like when am I gonna stop learning lessons I'm so tired of lessons <laughs> 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 um but yeah now I mean I've made mistakes that I'm like I will never do that again ever Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't even fathom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's good. Okay. So that was, I was going to ask what the advice was, but that's the big, that's the advice. I think probably our really good advice takeaway is to have the job or something to support while you're starting out and then know when to have reliable, consistent, kind of steady business, build your brand and then cut the cord. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And take advantage of all the amazing technology there is out there to run a business because it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Software, like invoicing software, and like there, like there's just so many tools. Social media, um, and like easy ways to make contracts and all that stuff. Like just dive into all that stuff because mm -hmm. it's there and it's available and it will make your life so much easier. And use your calendar. <laughs> Use your calendar. <laughs> um, okay, so final questions. I was going to ask more about um, is there anybody who, when you were starting out, photographers that inspired you? Um, yeah, I. Or people, maybe not photographers, but. Photographers. Um, yeah, I mean, in the ski industry, there's lots of photographers that I totally admire um Jordan Manley he's mostly making films now um I've always been a fan of like Blake Jorgensen Matthias Fredrickson um Robin O'Neill um and yeah just people that inspire me are anyone who chooses to be an entrepreneur is really inspiring mm -hmm. um it, because it's just it's not a safe choice or an easy choice <laughs> It takes a lot of courage and a lot of perseverance and you have to put yourself out there every single day. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friend group, my core friend group of girls, um, 
a lot of them are business owners and entrepreneurs and they're really inspiring and mm-hmm. um they yeah everything from uh like leah evans's camps and um Kat Cadigan, the jeweler, uh, my friend Lauren, she just opened a naturopathic clinic here in town. Mm-hmm. My sister's running the flower shop, like lots of um, really strong women in this town. Yeah. Who are so inspiring. Like it's amazing. And they, I think this town is seriously being run by women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I mean, it's not just entrepreneurs. It, honestly, I'm just inspired by anyone who is passionate about what they do. And they could be also nurses and teachers and all of those amazing people too. Yeah. Everyone inspires me. <laughs> everyone. Everyone and, and everything. You. And you. <laughs> and you. And you. You're inspiring. You're inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I feel like that's a perfect spot to cap off the interview. Um, unless there's anything else you can think of, um, last words, famous last words for the aspiring, for the aspiring photographers out there. Famous last words. Um, always shoot to two cards. That is an amazing tip. Most, most cameras now, like all professional cameras basically have a slot where you can put two memory cards side by side and when you're taking photos there's a setting you can turn on that records the photo to each card so you have an instant backup no matter what so if your card corrupts and you're on a really big shoot uh you will have a backup and you and it's it's like the best insurance you could ever have because a lot of photos cannot be recreated so always shoot to two cards Holy Hannah, that's million dollar advice right there. Boom. Yeah, I learned that the hard way a long time ago. <laughs> that's now that's the hard way went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and it's been really cool just diving into yeah, the whole background to photography and and film. And I'm just so excited to see the other like the other projects that you have coming down the pipeline when they come. Awesome. Well, <laughs> awesome for the call. Thank you so much.